gives us strength that comforts us makes us feel like we are at home Lord and we thank you for that we bless you and we praise you and just want to sit at your feet and hear what you have to say in that comfortable position of the spirit of God and we thank you for it Lord in Jesus name amen praise God amen 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 so um, I thought I'd talk to you today a little bit about the fact that God nurtures us amen we have a mommy daddy God <laughs> so that's the only way I'd know to describe it because God's character is so vast there's so many facets to his character and sometimes we only think about God being one way and um, I think we need to, to understand that everything that he does emanates from love and the Old Testament referred to it as loving kindness and tender mercies that's that's the Old Testament love of God. Of course, we know the New Testament. The Greek uh, word for uh, God's love is agape, which is a an unconditional kind of love. But I I like the Old Testament about loving kindness and tender mercies. You know, it's just like. I mean, what could you squeeze out of that that's not good? You know, it's nothing in there that that you you don't think of as uh, something that's that's gonna um, that's gonna help you. It's well received when you hear those words. You just feel like, boy, that's a lot to come from God. And you think about God being powerful and the Creator of the universe. Also God being holy and being a judge and being just. But then you come to this kind of softer side of God. Where there's loving kindness and tender mercies. And then the Bible says his mercy endures forever. That means that he's only going to be mad for a little while. You got me? Uh, I used to, I remember that about my dad. He was seldom angry. But when he was, it, you just almost didn't know it, you know, uh, because it was passed so quickly. You know, he was a very even tempered person uh, and a very kind person, a very gentle person in his temperament. And very wise when he when he spoke he had something to say you know and he didn't speak loud he you know uh, just spoke in a way that that would capture people and and people could understand uh, his heart and where he was coming from and so I, I think about God not not being keeping his anger not holding anger releasing it quickly and and I think that's the way he wants his children to be we have that potential in us as well to emanate his loving kindness and tender mercies and he wants us to be good witnesses and examples for him down here on earth so we're going to talk about how God has dealt with his people uh, in that nurturing and kind kind of way uh, in in Psalm 40:11, of course it talks about God having loving kindness and tender mercy so that's our kind of our jumping off point that we have that established that that's Part of God's character. I'll say Psalm 40. He says, withhold not, in verse 10, it says, I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. In other words, the writer is saying that he has uh, told people about the kindness of God and about the love of God and and that's our mission too in the earth is to let people know uh, that God loves them and uh, 
<clears throat> that he he really wants what's good for them. That love uh, is a loving kindness and tender mercy, but it's also a love that speaks to our uh, potential because it's a nurturing love, and so it's a love that brings us up to his standard instead of coddling us in the place where we are so it differs from human love in that respect I know many times parents want their children if you ask any parent the day their kid is born what they see that child doing they've always got these great wonderful plans for that child well God does too but God's never change human parents have to kind of like downsize uh, what do they call it lower expectations you know uh, because they don't know how to make that happen that's that's the main reason but God knows how to make it happen amen and so over the years parents will just say well all I want to do is get him out of school and get him out the house you know forget whatever else we talked about the day he was born I'll be doing good you know and and to not have all my hair pulled out of my head in the process and so God knows that we have great potential Uh, and so his love also speaks nurturing speaks to development of potential Amen. So he says here, I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. In other words, I haven't I haven't partaken of the goodness of God and didn't tell anybody it was God doing it. You got me? <laughs> it says, I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation, have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. He says, withhold not thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Man, let not let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. So loving kindness and truth. Amen. Not loving kindness with a bunch of lies and you know, you don't have to do that and you don't have to do this. You know, I know some people are shocked, you know, sometimes their parents will tell you, Well, it's okay to do this, that and they get the real world and they find out none of that's true. You know, people don't tolerate uh what uh parents tolerate tolerate sometimes but God tolerates nothing he can help all of our weaknesses and he can strengthen us so that word nurture really means to feed and protect in the sense that you would a plant a a tender plant when you first put it in the ground you watch it when it's small you know when it's and you make sure it gets rooted really well in fact I can remember when uh, we were uh, in elementary school I think one of the first little projects you know they always have little projects and they have you uh, plant your own little plant in there and so you you put a little popsicle stick with your name on it right in your little plant and you wanted to put it in the middle and they say no on the side because the the seed is in there and the roots are in it so you you have a caring a a tender caring for this where you don't want to disturb it you got me you don't God doesn't want to disturb us folks it's the devil that likes to disturb people 
you could get rid of that rascal man you could live a very peaceful life (laughs) but he's the disturber man so god wants to make sure we are rooted and that we can grow and he's all about growth and seeing us uh reach our full potential so in the same sense that you would uh find a good spot for your plant you know some of them take more sun than others some of them if they have too much sun they dry up on you and you're in a hurry running out that plant's like hmm and then you run over and get some water and you watch it to see if it comes to life again you know yeah this is all this kind of stuff get the anointing oil can i put oil in water that don't mean i won't put it in there anyway i just got to do so you know how that goes we go away for a few days and neglect a little plant and then it, it looks bad and we feel all bad and god feels bad if we're wilted and we're not revived and we're not energetic and we're not enthusiastic and so he provides that comfort in the holy spirit nourishes us and kind of nurses us back to health by the spirit now the holy spirit will come and offer you the fruit of joy or he'll offer you the fruit of patience or peace or something like that uh, to keep you going and revive your spirit so that you can get back up and and reach your full potential in God trust me if we reach our potential in God we feel better about ourselves don't we you know we you feel good when you can uh, offer somebody uh, prayer or you know or they come back to you and they tell you that uh, that crisis that they were in has passed because of your prayer or they grow some because of that and so that's why God wants us to always he's nurturing us with a goal in mind man he's got something in mind it's not just to uh, make us feel comfortable for no purpose there's a goal in mind uh, that he says I know when you get up and you start really serving me and doing what I called you you're gonna feel so much better about yourself and about life life is going to be much more enjoyable for you all that kind of stuff because you're doing what what i want you to do so as in caring for a plant we get fed we're watered we're given sunlight we're cared for in order to encourage growth and development in god so he nurtures us with a purpose it's it's not like some some negative purpose or some ulterior motive but this is a purpose that we can partner with him in because we want to be all that we can be also he's nurturing us to bring us up to nurse us when it's necessary and protect us he is rearing us it's like parents rear their children he's doing the same thing he's also educating and training us so when we get in a position where we're educated and trained we can start to meet maximum potential in God we can get out of so to speak diapers you know there's so many churches where people aren't really encouraged to even pray you know uh, for their own needs that just I just look at it sometimes I say, when do they pray? You know, it's you see their their schedule and what their activities. Now you can go on the website and see what people do in different churches and there's no prayer on the thing. Or they have it at like three thirty in the morning when you know, nobody's up. You gotta wake everybody up and get them out there and, and you know, why not Sunday morning, huh? When everybody's together. 
and everybody has needs and everybody knows what what they want for for the next week coming up why not that you know and so there's there's this um, it's really going counter to what God's trying to do because if he's nurturing us for a purpose and he's teaching us how to be able witnesses for him we've got to learn how to to do some things you know we've got to be educated in the church we've got to learn how to pray we've got to learn how to uh, stand on the word why do you have to take people out of church into a school and charge them tuition and all this kind of stuff for something they could get right there while you've got everybody right you can teach people to pray it's not hard to do it's really not just get some sheets of paper with some scriptures on it and say when you are sick pray this thing when you are poor but you know say this and you know pull a scripture out it's really not hard but it it's just it runs counter to to what God has in mind for us and so then we get this conflict so when people run into problems in the church they don't have they haven't been educated and given the tools to meet that challenge and so then they have to be given a story or an excuse to let it remain there see and that's not God that's bad mothering is what that is you gotta oh well you're sick because sometimes God heals some people and sometimes he don't but you just keep coming and and we'll keep believing with you you know that it's just nonsense nonsense or you just leave a person to think what they what the devil tells them to think about their condition with no hope for recovery or anything like that so that part's not God okay that's not God he is rearing us up as people who who have a purpose we can fulfill the purpose he's educating and training us to work for him but he's also a caring loving nurturing parent he knows there's trouble out here he knows that we have fears and we have weaknesses inside and he has to take all of that into account in the way that he deals with us so psalm 103 if you'll (coughs) turn there psalm 103 verse 13 it says like a father pities his children so the Lord pities those who fear him in other that word pity really means has compassion on it's not like feel sorry you poor thing just go somewhere and sit down till you feel better kind of thing it means that he is stirred to action on our behalf he's stirred to action on our behalf we need to understand that God keeps us before him at all times says our our names are engraved or tattooed on the palm of his hand amen so he forbids us to have tattoos but he can have one because he's God and so (laughs) they mean different things for him and us if if we took them the same way he did it'd probably be okay but you know uh, you they now they got all these tattoo shows on television all the ink people and you know this ink and that ink and some people are just covered with ink you know i mean you just wonder do you remember where you know like if you if you turn around like here right about three inches down you know what's back there 
Oh yeah, you know, I think I remember well. Well, you know, I was probably high when I got that done. I was, you know, and then they put somebody's name on there, and two weeks later they break up with them. And uh, you know, uh, God's tattoos ain't like that. Okay, were names were engraved in the palm of His hand. <laughs> and he remembers us. Amen. Every time he looks at his hand, he thinks about you. Isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. It is. It is. I mean, that's how precious we are to him. The Bible says he keeps us as the apple or pupil of his eye. So, you know, have you ever had, if you go to the eye doctor, and they want to put all that stuff and and your reflex is to go like that if somebody can you protect that because it's delicate and it's precious well that's the way god responds to us like if somebody was to try and poke his eye he responds to us the same as somebody tried to do some harm to one of his children he jumps there in strong protection like the pupil apple they call the pupil the apple of his eye amen so god protects us in that fashion protects us just like that praise god amen amen (laughs) deuteronomy 32 god has a history of protecting his people and nurturing them and looking out for them 24 7 that's what nurture is um, <clears throat> anybody who uh, uh, mothers who have had children and uh, anybody who has um, had a young child in the home or a baby a newborn they know that the mother gets a little uh, little bassinet or whatever they call them things now they little rocker things they got and uh, carry thing that they can convert to a little sleeper and they keep the baby very close to them Mm -hmm. because you have to keep an eye on them and uh, just because you want to make sure because they're in such a fragile condition you want to make sure that they they uh, are safe at all times and so and then when they start crawling a little bit then you you know look out for yourself (laughs) and be a pull something over on you and all that kind of stuff but uh, anyway I was watching this uh, commercial as a little kid the mother says okay you got a time out and this kid just kind of wrecks the kitchen you know he squirts water on a dog gets up and leaves the dog that had enough of him that's his time out honey bangs into all the kitchen furniture and everything so uh yeah so that that ends after a while all that careful watching comes to an end but with god he's always watching us carefully he never and you never outgrow your need for your father's nurturing. Amen. You, you always, he's always watching to see what our needs are so that he can come to our rescue. So in uh, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32, this is Moses' song where he's, these are our worship songs basically that uh, the, the uh, people in the Old Testament would sing. And he's talking about God and how great God is. And he says in verse 4, he is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment. 
a God of truth and without iniquity just and right is he they have corrupted themselves their spot is not the spot of his children they are perverse and crooked generation do you thus requite the Lord your foolish people and unwise is not he the thy father that he brought thee in other words give God some respect you know as father don't don't be you know <laughs> don't be like you are verse 8 when the most high divided to the nations their inheritance so he's talking about separating uh, drawing lots for the the land that the children of Israel had and when he separated the sons of Adam he set the bounds of the people according to the number of children of Israel for the Lord's portion is his people yes. so we are God's portion what is what does that mean it means that we when God divided out the earth and and he said "Mm, I'll take the people for myself this this is what I want I don't you can have that you can have material things you can have the earth everything that's under it uh, all that stuff you can have it but I want the people for me okay that is my portion and so we are set apart as God's inheritance as well God's portion, that word portion also means smoothness of tongue. You ever run into a brother that's just smooth? Yeah. No? Yeah. Present company accepted. Holy, holy men. <laughs> it's smooth brothers. You know, yeah, they 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 put on the uh, you know the uh, the smooth oil when they talk to ladies. Yeah, baby, you know, I can do that. What else you want? Just coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it, nothing upsets them. You know, you ask them, can we do this? Yeah, <laughs> anytime. I'm here. I'm ready. What you What you waiting on? Yeah, come on in. Yeah, well, hey, hey. Well, that's the way God is toward us. People with smooth tongues make you feel important. They make you, see, and they're flatterers. <laughs> you ever get a prophecy from God? It's the most. Uh, Wonderful thing you ever and you look around, huh? <laughs> he talked. Nobody else up here but me. I guess I'll take it, you know. And uh, that's what that means. That's what it means. That's your portion. You delight in that, and you got smooth words to talk to her all the time, and you got smooth things to say. Amen. Flattering things, things that will build us up and make us feel important, make us feel good. So God is our portion that He might uh, build us up with His words, make us feel good and important with His words. It also means a good flavor. In other words, you, you remember when it talked about uh, we are a sweet savor of Christ. That that when we're we're when we're uh, worshiping God, there is a, a flavor that we emit and that he releases to us it's a good relationship that we have in the worship of the lord your your portion is what you feed on and what you dote on it's what you focus on it's the center of your world is your portion so when god divided everything he gave the earth to the people but the people 
he got for himself. And he says for the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. Talking about Jacob. And led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. And as an eagle stirreth up her nest fluttering over her young spreads abroad her wings takes them and carries them on her wings so the Lord alone did lead him there was no strange God with him and he made him ride on the high places of the earth that he might eat the increase of the fields and he made him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock butter of kine and milk of sheep with fat of lambs and rams of the breed of Bashan and goats. With the fat of kidneys of wheat. And thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape. And so God has nurtured us. Fed us. Carried us out of difficult places. Brought us out of, of terrible places. To make us to live in abundance to ride upon the high places of the earth not the mediocre places sometimes when God carries us it it can be kind of a frightening thing but then if you're carried say if you're a baby eagle and you're carried on your mother's wings all you got to do is hang on that's what I look at it you know just don't fall and don't let go and don't drop off and you'll make it there see that's the way God that's what he does with us we're not struggling here to to do something and get something and be somebody there's no struggle in this you know he carries us and leads us so when you have to use your own strength and you have to use your own energy you have somebody to lead you in the right way that you need to go when it gets too hard he'll shield you amen he knows how much we can take and so God has a a place there for us a nurtured place where he does not want us to be moved he really doesn't want us to be moved from these places amen God protected and shielded Israel consistently you got me there's a consistency in his protection of us in a consistency now we may not perceive that we need it so much and I think that's because we're protected from a lot of things that that would harm us or if we knew we were made aware that they were here you know sometimes when you just stay focused in the spirit of God that's a protection in itself you don't know what the devil's out here doing and and, and what's going on <clears throat> and so it's a good thing to just stay focused on what God want us, wants us to stay focused, focused on sorry in Exodus 13 I want you to turn there we serve a God who consistently provides protection for us consistently when we step out of protection he scurries to bring us back like protecting the apple of his eye see he he really does he goes after us he will woo us so that we can come back to him willfully but if we get into a place where we can't or we don't or we're deceived or blinded he will come and and rescue us out of that as well so in Exodus 13 and verse 21 and the Lord went before them 
by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night he took not away he didn't take it away did not take away the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people now when if say for instance if you if it's really hot outside and then there comes a um, uh, you know a little shade most people understand it's going to pass after a while because that's been our experience with natural faith but this cloud stayed there and followed them wherever they went so this was supernatural you know that's God because it didn't pass like a normal cloud would he didn't all of a sudden get exposed to the elements everybody under that cloud was comfortable so you have to have enough sense in God to stay under the cloud because it will not go away God never took it away he never said well you know you don't deserve a cloud today I saw somebody murmuring and complaining back there in the tent that cloud was provided for everybody so I think there's some like baseline protection that God affords all of us period does he just does not let uh, trouble come uh, but so close to us because we're all under the same blanket of protection just baseline protection for all of his people you don't have to worry about the devil uh, coming and, and uh, you know stealing from you and you know you, you got to go buy a gun to protect all your stuff and you know sit up all night. What are you a drug lord? Come on now. We, we're we people of God. <laughs> Come on now. So, you know some, some believers they just live like that. They all know no different. I said don't you know before you could grab that somebody could come in here and take everything you got and kill you too. Yeah. if it weren't for God so why don't we put all of our confidence in him cut this nonsense out you know it's a a wild wild west and okay corral stuff you know on now you can live in in as much divine protection as you desire you just gotta gotta just know it's available for you but I like the fact that God is consistent with his protection he does not take it away it doesn't say that the people got so bad that God moved got mad and then just moved in the middle of the night or something like that you know and that that cloud is there it's protecting I was, somebody was telling what I think it was uh, 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 Shannon was telling the, about you and Nene out there passing out flyers they was uh, passing out flyers it was hot and I guess Shannon and Nene looked at each other and they said we better pass out these flyers and Wanda told us we better pass them out so we can pass them on out so uh, anyway uh, Shannon was saying Nene was was praying she said jesus just send us a breeze and she had us a breeze <laughs> followed them around all day long i was pretty cool <laughs> but see that's a consistent protection he doesn't even want you to sweat you got me so it's wonderful yeah man it's wonderful it's wonderful so there's that consistent protection that god affords us you know now it's appropriated by faith but then it was his law that he took care of his people that way 
And so God was there for them at all times with that pillar of cloud by night and pillar of fire by day. And so he was there to protect them, to help them, and, and to shield them from from the elements that come into this earth as a result of sin you're not a sinner anymore you're in a covenant with God and so he makes a difference between his people and people who are not with him and not following him he makes a difference and so he'll it'll he'll it'll show in your life that you've got divine protection that you're being nurtured that there's something valuable in you that God sees fit that he wants to shield and protect uh, he wants to make sure that the vessel that carries this gift uh, is is peaceful as a peaceful uh, lifestyle and his peace of mind and all of those things he wants to make sure that that lifestyle is maintained so when when protection comes and goes it's not God you know uh, you can if you stabilize your faith you can believe God for consistent protection over your life consistent shielding uh, from difficult things from things that are are not pleasant or unpleasant in your life he will just shield you and uh, and protect protect you in Psalm 103 it says that God knows our frame or considers our frame he considers it he takes it into consideration whenever God (coughs) commands or mandates something he takes into consideration your frame he knows that you can handle it he knows that you can do these things Uh, he knows these things and so uh, he he considers that he takes that into consideration Psalm 103 and verse 14 for he knows it says like a father pities his children so the Lord pities them that fear him no you gotta gotta put your trust over in him and he says for he knows our frame he remembers that we are dust as for man his days are grass and as the flower of the field so he flourishes so it's the same thing God treats us like a tender plant okay he treats us like a tender plant he never looks at us as anything other than that we are a tender plant uh, in the hand of God and so as God is nurturing caring for us protecting us he is also allowing us to grow so there may be times where you feel you know pretty strong you know I, I can do this you feel confident in God you you have faith in him you can expect your expectations are good in God and then there may be some times when the frame isn't as sturdy you know it may be an onslaught of difficulties that may come into your life where you need to be hidden from trouble you need a respite from from having to fight and from having to just stay alert and all that kind of stuff and God knows that as well or well, he knows that we're made of dust and that there's a, a fragility there that needs to be protected when it needs to be protected and so God is able to do that he considers our frame he knows that we are weak and we have weaknesses in Exodus 13 you see a good example of that of God considering the condition of his people in making decisions about how they're being led from this you can gather several things I I think I gather from this that if God is leading you somewhere you need to follow him because you're safe 
He's not expecting too much out of us. I think sometimes we we get that impression when we uh, don't want to live by faith, or we don't we want to just. <sighs> sit down and not do anything anymore or take a time out or whatever you know uh, sometimes you feel overwhelmed you don't feel like God's considering uh, where you're at in your situation but he is he really is and he will lead you out of your situation rather than have you there but he'll lead you in a way that you know his strength and you know his comfort but we've got to in order to experience that we have to get up and follow him so you won't know it sitting down you'll know it following him and so when you get up and follow him you'll find oh okay it's not as bad as I thought it was you know he has something some help for me etc so in uh, Exodus 13 I think it's yeah verse 17 where it starts and we'll see that God takes into consideration he knows everything folks he knows what you're going to say before you say it all of that so it says he came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines so whatever situation you're facing it's not too much for you see it's not going to overwhelm you it's not going to overtake you just let God lead you through it he says although that was the shortcut Huh? <laughs> the closest way out was through danger. And so he says, No, I'm not going to do that. For God said, Lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and return to Egypt. Now, see, when anybody gets saved, the last thing they think about is a war. But if they get involved in not see the 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 whole point is follow God even though it may look dangerous or it might be new to you or it might be something you've never experienced before God will lead you in a way of peace he'll always confirm on the inside that you're going the right way if you jump out there and you try and do it without God you're going to get creamed and he knows it because it's like this Whenever we, we have a need in our lives, we can think of a bunch of quick, fast, dirty ways to get that need met. But it's going to be hell to pay because you've got to fight the giants for it. If God is not with you, you're going to have to go tooth and nail against an adversary that maybe you used to, when you weren't saved, you used to be able to tangle with him and make out okay. But now that you're saved, you're branded as the enemy. And then that, when, when the devil sees that you're going to take uh, money and jobs and opportunities and take them over into that kingdom and he can't have them no more, he'll, he's a Philistine then. Huh? You'd be fighting Goliath with a switch. Huh? Absolutely. And so God will not lead you to quick, fast, dirty way. The way that we always used to go when we were sinners. Uh-huh. You know when I need some extra money I just go do so and so and such and such. Well you can't do that now. Because uh-huh. them same people that used to you could slick talk and get what you wanted. Now they get they got teeth and they growl and they will come after you. And so God will not lead us in the short quick comfortable way that we're accustomed to going. 
In other words, by sight, he won't lead you. He'll have to lead you by faith. Faith is a better way because you can't see all the adversaries around. All you can see is God's word and I'm heading toward that. And I don't have to worry about all that other stuff. You know, the the ten spies when they went uh, to, to spy out the land of Canaan. You know, they went and what they... They saw was what was there in the natural, but God never told them to look for that stuff. When you look at God's report, he told them the land flowing with milk and honey and all the good things about it. And he did not mention any giants because they were not to be considered. God had already taken care of that. So he'll tell you what you need to focus on rather than what you think you need to focus on. People people tend to want to find problems with things. I don't know what it is about us, but we always feel better if we can point out something negative or a problem somewhere. You know, people even will brand themselves. Well, let me play devil's advocate for a minute. I say, you mean to tell me you really want to be the devil's lawyer? Are you kidding me? That bum. He's already condemned to hell for eternity. He don't need no lawyer. What are you being his lawyer for? Just leave him alone. Advocating for the devil. Come on now. So anyway, he tells them that he didn't lead them the quick fast way. Because the minute they see the giants, they will turn around and run back to Egypt. You know, which you can't do because you get in the Red Sea and drown. You know, so there's no way out for you. So you got to keep going forward. You have no choice. (laughs) Remember that when you get involved in something that you think you're doing in God for God or God's doing for you, there's no little seat to sit on to take a time out. There's only the way forward. Okay, he's leading you out. He never says he put a little seat there for you to sit on when you get tired. Mm-hmm. Why are you sitting down? You need to get up and go because God is going. He's always moving forward. Always moving forward. If not moving you physically in in your spirit, in your prayers, in your confession, it's always moving forward. He's always thank you for so and so and so and so out there in the future. So you have to continue to move forward in that and make plans and and act as though you're you're getting up and going with God. You've got to do that. Huh? You got to do that. He he orders no timeouts for his people because he knows that he, <laughs> if he does that you're going to do nothing but tear something up like the little boy whose mother gave him a time out banged up the kitchen so you get involved in idleness if you're not moving forward in God you're, you're involved in some kind of idleness either that or fear you know fear you're nurturing some fear there because you, you don't really trust him and he wants you to trust him but he already says he took into consideration the fact that they have fear and they would get more fearful when they saw war hmm? and then he knew that if they went in the land of the Philistines it would be nothing but constant war so God led the people about verse 18 through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea 
And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him for you know he knew they weren't coming back up anymore. And they journeyed and they went before them in a pillar of cloud to lead them by the way by night. And he considered everything folks. He considered that they would look around and see all this desert sand. And how hot it was and how dry it was. And they would long to go back again so he shielded and protected them from the harsh elements that he had to lead them through all the time reminding them that this was not their permanent home they were going through to another land this was just something you have to go through it's not where you're going to live forever you know we have to remember that sometimes you you get involved in things and and you think it's oh it's just so horrible but that's not where you're going to be forever you're making it through you're going to get if you keep moving you will make it through it will be miserable if you stop you know what the children of Israel did that many times when they would camp then they didn't want to break camp and get up and go again And, and the cloud was moving they would see the cloud Say hello. I'm the cloud. I'm not staying. I went ten feet. Can you follow me? You know, and they'd murmur and complain and didn't want to. Oh, God brought us out here. Let us die. You know, that's all. It's what they say. You know, and so we have to learn how to trust the leading of God. He knows where you are right now. He knows exactly where you are. His plans for you have not changed. His plans to prosper you, to heal you, to keep you well, to do everything he promised. It's not changed. Nothing has changed. Nothing. So you can trust God because he's the unchangeable God. And he has made every every effort to consider our comfort. You know, as much as we can. Now, he doesn't want us to get in that soulish comfort where we think we're living by faith and we're not. You know, it's that's not what he wants. So he'll have to stir up the nest sometimes, you know, remove some stuff out of it and uh, move the, the little birdies around a little bit and that kind of thing. But he does it to keep us agile and keep us understanding that this is not our permanent place. The eagle's nest was not the permanent place for those young, nor was it for the eagle. It was a temporary place until they got strong enough to move on. And so many times God has temporary places and situations for us to get us strong enough to move on. And so he begins to stir things up always nurturing and feeding us giving us his word giving us vision of who we are what we can do refreshing us in in who we really are so that he can strengthen us for the move on so the wilderness was a place that was less fearful for them because there were no people to fight Mm -hmm. and this is something that we have to always be mindful of people are not our problem when God removes that as an issue see part of part of moving the Philistines moving them from the land of the Philistines was moving people as an issue 
We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Amen. But against principalities and powers in the enemies in our own hearts. That's the biggest problem you'll ever have is, is what's bugging you on the inside and keeping you fearful of trusting God. And so as, as you consider this, consider that God understands who you are. He removes people out of the way as problems in your life. Man, he removes people that you used to know, you know, when you were in the world and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, he, he, they're not a drag on you and a pull on you and that kind of stuff, undermining your salvation. He does all of those things so that he can nurture us and cause us to grow strong on the inside in him and and be good warriors for him and be good servants for him and so as he does this he he you have to understand that he considers everything sometimes you might feel well god does god know of course he knows of course he knows he's but his ways are a little different than our ways you know Uh, our ways when we see enemy is to quit Hmm? Isn't that what he said here? He says <laughs> they repent when they see war. You got me? Oh, I didn't want this. Oh, boy. <laughs> but once he removes people out of your mind as threats to you and removes that that uh you know in 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 you know gets you strong gets you confident in him the more confident you are in God the less people are an issue for you it really is true uh you know because you you'll understand from his perspective more about life and about your situation you know I, I know people will say things about well my boss this and my boss you know the more you talk about you know you exalt things with your confession and in your eyes and you see them as having more power why would you give them power like that when God is the one you know we always come up with the right answer you know what's more important what you do for God or what you do for a living oh what you do for God but you know we don't prove it out all the time you know we get the right answer but our feet don't move in the right direction all the time like we really believe God is in charge of everything I can remember the day I I finally got over thinking my husband could stop me from doing what God wanted me to do. Now that sounds stupid, but you live with somebody who's got 24/7 lists for you to, you know, and all that, you know, high maintenance and you know all that kind of stuff and. <laughs> Adorning himself with gold jewelry all the time, you know. I mean, some of these brothers get man. You sit up there, you look, and you think, "Now, nah, should not be the one putting on all the trinkets and stuff." What's this brother up to? You know? Right? He come visit you like twice a year, Christmas and birthday. You know that kind of stuff. I think, come on now. So anyway. <laughs> Well, you know, some high maintenance brothers out here. <laughs> you don't know they. You know, every year they get a little more. He sit up there and say, "Wait a minute, now this this brother barely used to clean his his under his nails. Now he getting manicures and pedicures and mani panties and petties and manis and all this stuff. You know, come on now. They flip on you in a minute." How'd I get over there? I was over someplace else. I don't know. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Now, you know what I'm saying. But you know, you, you you have to keep it all in the right perspective. But God will deliver you from uh, the tyranny of your own mind. 
You see, it's your own mind that builds people up uh, bigger than what they are because you don't know how to really trust God to oversee everything. And so <clears throat> once I kind of got in that groove with God where I could be led by him without being uh, you know careful about that then I found that my husband uh, really preferred me being able to do the things that I needed to do uh, for God he got comfortable with it but it wasn't until I got comfortable with it that he was able to so we have to get quit exalting man in our lives through fear we fear uh, the Bible says the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear he's the strength of my life of whom shall I be afraid and so we put that fear we respect that fear that's already in us you know from from the carnal nature and so we have to learn how to put that in its right perspective but God does get people out of our hair he they are not a problem I mean from day one when you're saved he removes people as problems in your life so you have to respect that he's your God now and he's your father now and he's your provider so you don't now you do have to obey God's laws you can't go into your job telling people off and telling them you serve God and don't put your hands on me and all that kind of nonsense you know <laughs> you still have to have that meek and gentle uh, exterior so that people you're you're easy to be around <laughs> God likes his kids being nice to be around not a terror and so you know you're pleasant you do your job you do your job with a smile you do your job respectfully you treat your boss with respect uh, and, and dignify his position a little bit more you know sometimes you're there uh, to make that person take on some of the attributes of God you got me they, they can take that on as well and so they feel more appreciated around you or they should you know you shouldn't be you know in the coffee room with everybody else you know putting them down and so if you can keep that standard then you can be that type of person that's highly promotable to God amen and in uh, Psalm 17 it's talking about the protection and, and I saw how uh, many times in the scriptures they use the example of how a bird cares for her young to show how God cares for us and uh, it talked about <clears throat> Um, uh, wings are always uh, a sign of mercy and caring uh, over the mercy seat uh, on in the Ark of the Covenant, the cherubs' uh, wings met each other in the center over the mercy seat. So mercy is is indicative of God's protection, His care, His provision. So the mercy is under the wings of God. And so whenever uh, we have a, a prayer or request or anything that's ministered over that mercy seat, it's under the protect God is thinking protecting us whenever He answers our prayers. There's protection built in there. 
There's consideration for your situation. There's consideration for you. Consideration for your weakness. Uh, consideration for your your fears and, and your fears for the future. You know, sometimes if you've had a loss of somebody that's very important. I remember when my husband passed away. I had a lot of fear for my future. You know, but I just had to go a step at a time. A step. Sometimes it felt like I had cement shoes on. You know, the steps were really heavy to to make and then eventually they got a little bit lighter a little bit lighter but I had to come under the wings of God in order to get that I couldn't just try to strike out on my own and try to figure out what to do and how to do it and all that kind of stuff and and so I it was one of those things where it was really kind of difficult for me but God considered my situation he considered uh, all of the things that I I needed in life uh, in order to 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 help me to make those steps you know there were some things I just had to get done uh, because it was necessary and it seemed that it just got hard to do and but I got them done I don't know how I got them done but I just got them done he, he helped me to get those things done and so that <clears throat> that's one thing I can tell you uh, he knows but he still has a plan for you this is you know your plan doesn't include like a time out or a big time out uh, you know I had to minister to other people too you know if you don't have that burden uh, it's easier but you know I know if I had had just dropped ministry for a indefinite period of time then the devil comes to condemn you you got me so you got to understand when God requires something of you it's to to put off future uh, difficulty you know and he says uh, if I let you stay here yeah I could let you stay here but if I let you stay here you're going to have him to contend with worse you know so you just get up and do and and do the best you can and I'm there for you you know that kind of thing so everything that we confess and everything that we pray for is ministered under the shadow of the almighty amen in Psalm 17 8 he talks about hiding us under the shadow of your wings he says keep me as the apple of your eye hide me under the shadow of my wings man and this is somebody who's running from people man in the old testament it was always flesh and blood in the new covenant it's spiritual forces and we have authority over those it's the greatest thing that you can disconnect that person from a, a spiritual force that's trying to use them and harm you through them it's the easiest thing in the world to take authority over the devil in what he's doing and so we have great power and authority and we still have divine protection isn't that wonderful he doesn't leave us on our own because we have authority over the enemy he still covers us under the shadow of his wings amen psalm 57 in verse 1 he says be merciful unto me O God be merciful unto me for my soul trusts in you so here's somebody who wants to trust God but is not quite sure so don't harm me because I'm trusting you now man amen 
Don't make me sorry I did this. <laughs> but you know we feel like that don't we? It's like okay I'm going to step out here. I'm going to do what you told me to do. But don't jack me up. <laughs> he says my soul's trusting in you. He said yea in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge. Until these calamities are overpassed. Until it's the rain stops till it quits snowing till it's not as slippery not as slick on the roads so he says I will take refuge and then because you've been nurtured under the shadow of his his wings you're stronger when you come out from under don't feel bad if you gotta hide from trouble come on now we all got trouble we don't want to face and he says I will cry unto God most high unto God that performs all things for me does everything for me every prayer that I've ever prayed he performs it for me he shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that will swallow me up God shall send forth his mercy and his truth amen mercy and his truth so as he exalts the Lord that fixes God in a high place in his life you exalt the Lord you worship God and you thank him for his provision you just give him glory and give him honor and he is up there over you he's hovering over you he's in the place he's supposed to be in your life so you can take refuge under his wings Psalm 91 is pretty much the same thing. That's a familiar one to us as we prayed it so much uh, for our fighting men and women. <clears throat> it's a good psalm for protection. And you all know some of the testimonies about Psalm 91. In fact, we've had some uh, ourselves from uh, from everybody that's been deployed that you know that we prayed for. We know has come back, no injuries, nothing missing, nothing broken, uh, all of that stuff. So Psalm 91 and verse 4: He shall cover thee, well, he'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler. That's hard to get out of. Man, many times uh, fowlers were were people that caught birds and, and birds of prey, and so they would set traps for them. Well, if a bird stepped in it, his his uh, foot was caught. Uh, you know, if he wanted out, he would have to lose that foot. You know, so you and you didn't know when the trapper was coming back. So it was a bad position to be in. But God delivers us from the snare of the fowler. It's a trap set for you, and nobody but you knows you're in there nobody can come and rescue you you can't call anybody for help this is beyond a good lawyer or a good doctor it's beyond anything that you can get natural help with he delivers you from that delivers you from the snare of the fowler and from the terrible pestilence and he'll cover you with his feathers so what if it's if it's too hard for you to face he'll put you underneath him so you can be hidden from the trouble and under his wings you shall trust his truth shall be your shield it's what you stand behind you just stand on God's word it'll protect you from anything it'll protect you from from uh, bosses that want to fire you it'll protect you from layoffs it'll protect you from every. you just stand on his word you stand behind God's word and let it protect you from that you don't have to preach to nobody on your job or tell them what your God is going to do just let them see it hide and watch huh? Mm-hmm. 
Luke 13:34 talks again about and this is Jesus <clears throat> when he was preaching to the Pharisees or preaching to a group of people Pharisees included they mark Luke Luke 13 This is a, a, a lamentation or a you know something that he's not pleased about it says O Jerusalem Jerusalem which kills the prophets and stones them that are sent to you how often how often how often did I want to reach out to you like this you think about it God often wants to reach out to us <laughs> he says how often when I have gathered you, your children together as a hen gathers her brood under his, her wings and you would not let me. You would not let me. So Jesus is saying there was protection for you. There's been help for you. There's God's loved you with an everlasting love and, and didn't want to separate from you, but you would never accept his help. You wouldn't accept his truth. And that's a hard place to be in when you don't want God to help you. You don't care if he helps you. You know, you, the Pharisees they saw their system of uh uh running things instead of thank you instead of them seeing it being fulfilled in Jesus they thought it was being challenged done away with and in the process their livelihood and the way they wanted things to run being done away with too they didn't see it the right way so let us pray that we always see God's help the right way it's not something that's coming to harm you it's not something that's coming to be a terror to you but it's something that's and he's not coming to judge anybody you know he not his kids you're under the blood the blood covers judgment you got me and so you you're not being judged now you may not get what you want but get out there and start sowing seed and see if you don't get it you know you always have an opportunity to receive from God but he is not looking for us he really wants to gather us together for our protection and our help and our nurturing so God also nurtures warriors you know the big bad people the strong people <laughs> the strong people need nurturing as well amen many times when when david was was uh <clears throat> in battle he would call upon the Lord and, and got many many great deliverances um, they talk about David's mighty men and the type of um, accomplishments that they would accomplish on the battlefield they could only be accomplished with the strength of God they, he had, he had uh, whole legions of men that were stronger than Samson was they would kill like uh, 400, 500 thousands of men in one battle just with, with one weapon themselves. So these mighty men were very, very accomplished in God. And part of God's protection over David was these mighty men that fought for him and were able to fight off every enemy. So in situations where confronting the enemy is necessary, you still have supernatural protection from God. You have supernatural fight ability in God so David was able to know God's protection and peace throughout his lifetime 
he he uh, was able to uh, receive ministry from God and and this is the other thing too there are times maybe when we we have to receive ministry uh, from God but he will minister to us in a unique way so hiding us under the shadow of his wings is a literal and we know that there is divine protection but part of that is walking in the spirit and sometimes part of that is using us ourselves to minister to us and our gifts and our abilities and so forth and so on and so David being a psalmist and and, uh, a prophet as well was able to minister uh, many times to himself through song you see that through uh, many of the psalms but he was also able to minister to the people so I found an example of one of uh, the songs that he ministered to the people and to himself to bring comfort to himself uh, during a time when uh, uh, after was after Saul and Jonathan were killed and it's in second Samuel chapter 1 I think it's starting in verse 17 this young man has just come back and informed David that Saul was dead and he said he saw him die he actually said he killed Saul I think so David had him killed and verse 17 and David lamented with this lamentation over Saul and over Jonathan his son verse 18 also he bade them teach the children of of Judah to use the bow behold it is written in the book of Jasher the beauty of Israel is slain upon the high places how are the mighty fallen tell it not in Gath publish it not in the streets of Ashkelon David was very uh, discreet and very wise you see there were people who were all excited you imagine this Saul had hunted him down for many years who would not think he would be excited that this man was dead but David loved Saul and Jonathan and he had in his heart the love of God so he was a man after God's own heart so <clears throat> pretty much whatever God felt about something David felt most of the time and so uh, God was not pleased that Saul and Jonathan were dead. He, he, he set for his, his kings to, to fulfill their time on the throne and then the next one come in. You understand? But Saul had disobeyed God in some very important things and, and uh, under that covenant that they had you didn't get a whole lot of chances to to be stupid you know because you'd take a lot of people innocent people stupid with you and so that God didn't like that and so he said um, tell it not in Gath in other words don't go tell our enemies you got me don't rejoice this is not a time of rejoicing for us this is and I don't want you going spreading this among the heathen so they can laugh at us you know some of these ministers preachers that get on 2020 and blab don't tell it in gath that's not their business somebody want to pay you money to get on television and talk tell them god is your source i don't need your money and don't get on there and try to tell your side of the story to clear things up on television it's only going to make it muddier trust me and he says lest the daughters of the philistines rejoice you don't want to give your enemies fuel an opportunity to rejoice and he says lest the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph 
says you mountains of Gilboa let there be no dew neither let there be rain upon you nor fields of offerings for there the shield of the mighty is vilely cast away so he put a curse on the place where they died and he said the shield of Saul as though he had not been anointed with oil you know he said his shield is laying up there like he was a nothing and a nobody you know he needs a proper place and he says from the blood of the slain from the fat of the mighty the bow of Jonathan turned not back and the sword of Saul returned not empty Saul and Jonathan were lovely and pleasant in their lives and in their death they were not divided they were swifter than eagles they were stronger than lions you daughters of Israel weep over Saul who clothed you in scarlet with other delights who put on ornaments of gold upon your apparel how are the mighty fallen in the midst of battle O Jonathan and thou was slain in thy high places I'm distressed for you my brother Jonathan very pleasant have you been to me thy love to me was wonderful passing the love of women uh huh so that's how men really feel about each other women you got me they they have a deep love and respect for one another much more so sometimes than women do for one another you got me how are the mighty fallen and the weapons of war perished so David was able to bring comfort through his gift through his ability in a time where he needed comforting as well it's amazing what God can the strength God can bring through us when we are the bereaved hmm? it's happened to me in times past you know God will give me uh, um, uh, a prophecy or a song or something for people or a poem for people who have and it's somebody in my family you know I feel it too but this is a time where he can he can switch you off and switch the gift on if you'll be obedient to it and he can bring comfort to everybody you got me he'll bring comfort to everyone and so God knows how to do that how to work that and I think it encourages other people to see people who are feeling the same and similar that they are kind of rising up and being able to function you know they and they draw strength from that they draw encouragement from that so it's a good thing to let God use you uh, in those ways and in 2nd Samuel verse 7 you'll see a promise that God has made to David you know protection the time of protection and war uh, intense war has passed for David and so then God during these times were of refreshing where you can be refreshed in the presence of the Lord you're not fighting for your life running for your life fighting your enemies under threat and under fear but your mind is peaceful and your heart is peaceful and that's the time when God can speak to us and bring in new understanding of new things and it says it came to pass when the king sat in his house and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies that the king said to Nathan the prophet see now I dwell in the house of cedar but the ark of God dwells within curtains so David said gee I got such a nice house God gave me but he's over there in a tent I want God to have a nice house and so he says Nathan said to the king go do all that is in your heart for the Lord is with you and it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan saying Nathan (laughs) don't give such flip prophecies so to speak 
Go and tell my servant David, thus saith the Lord, shall you build me a house for me to dwell in? In other words, who do you think you are building me a house? Where'd you get that idea from? And Nathan, where'd you get the idea to co-sign it? He says, whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt even to this day, but have walked in a tent and in a tabernacle. In all the places wherein I walked with all the children of Israel, spoke I a word of any of the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to feed my people Israel, saying, Why don't you build me a house of cedar? <laughs> I never told anybody I wanted no house. Now therefore shall you say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheep coat from following the sheep to be ruler over my people over Israel. Now this is very compelling when God reads your your mail and tells you where you were when he found you. (laughs) You're about to get a biggie, huh? I was with you wheresoever you went. And have cut off all your enemies from out of your sight. And have made you your, um, you a great name. Like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Moreover I will appoint a place for my people Israel. And will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. In other words I'm going to find them a permanent place. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them anymore as before time. And as since the time... That I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused thee to rest from all your enemies. Also the Lord tells you that he will make you a house. And when your days are fulfilled you shall sleep with your fathers and I will set up your seed after you. Which shall proceed out of your bowels and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. If he commits iniquity I'll chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart away from him as I took it from Saul who had put it. Now that's some promise. That you know your kids that your obedience establishes your children for all future generations see it's worth it to serve God it's worth it to tough it out in tough times it's worth it to rejoice in good times it's worth it to serve him he said and your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you thy throne shall be established forever according to all these words and according to this vision so did Nathan speak unto David amen so David of course responds to God he appreciates who am I God that you'll do this for me etc etc but it's nice to know that God has growth in mind all those things David went through God protected him, shadowed him, helped him, fought for him, uh, kept him in a place. He fought for Saul as well, folks. He he saw no difference. He had a covenant with both those men. But it was um, according to who stayed with God who got protected. When Saul stepped out from under God's protection one final time, he was killed and his son Jonathan killed with him. And so if you stay under God's protection, it's the best place for you to be. Just stay with God I mean it's it's so vital for for us to do that and just keep it keeps ringing in my heart the prophecy about just staying close to him you know and what great rewards that's going to bring to us but close to him is not a bad place folks it's a nice place it's a protected place and it's a place where we can grow and we can be nurtured and and we can be
be blessed. Amen. Why don't we stop. Father in heaven we thank you for your word and for understanding that comes with your word. Blessed are us Father because we know you. We understand you. And we are your people. We thank you Lord that we are your people called by your name. In Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 If anybody needs prayer.